Hello and welcome to the Corner 3 live from Studio 41 presented by Chime where we're posted up and spotted up talking all things Dallas Mavericks on and off the floor. We're back after a week to celebrate uh, giving thanks and turkeys and all that other stuff. My name is Bobby Corella and joining me after two weeks away, the great Austin Ivan. Austin, welcome back. Thank you. I missed you guys. Yeah, it's, it's been. A, it feels like it's been ages. It does feel like a long time. So this is like my peace offering, bringing you guys coffee. I missed you. It so. works. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> thank you for welcoming me back. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for coming back. Uh, and then here to investigate where Austin was, the great Isaac Harris. I'm so excited, <clears throat> Austin. I need, I need answers. Okay. I need answers off the top. Okay. Um. You were in the Rooms to Go Lounge. How long ago was that? Um, Three or four weeks ago? I've I've been hanging in the Rooms to Go Lounge the past few weeks, yeah. I like, haven't... Like consecutively? Yeah. Well, this is oh what I, this is kind of what <laughs> I want to know is like, we haven't seen you really since you appeared on the Rooms to Go Lounge. Are you allowed to like leave? It's like a secret place. <laughs> <laughs> can you give us like, can you give us the heart behind that lounge? It's just, it's such a magical it moment is. in the broadcast on Bally's, and I just need to know about it. It's just like our cozy little corner. We hang out, you know, we watch the Mavs game, and <laughs> we talk about some Mavs. The Stars have a Rooms to Go Lounge, too. So oh, I was, the same lounge? Same lounge. So I was I was hanging for some Stars games, too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> what are the vibes like? The vibes are good. Yeah? It's fun. Yeah. I mean. They're like music playing? No. You have to make your own atmosphere Ooh, with okay. the music but okay that's nice because yeah. i feel like lounge is like synonymous with like comfy chairs which obviously there are we've upgraded plenty. we've yeah. upgraded the chairs throughout the years like are they, how, how cozy are they they're they're better this year last year they were like kind of bar stools so mm. we got like comfier chairs this year yeah. you seem like you like it you seem like you're pretty giddy talking about it i'm usually with aaron hardigan and she's like fun so like she makes the lounge like a fun place to be so it's it's a good time in the lounge yeah what? so is it is it a live shot no. Okay. All right. Because you said we're in there watching the game. And I'm like, oh my I, well, god. Well, I can't tell you all the secrets. Oh, that's right. Okay. TV. Right, Is there a lot right. of prep Strike that goes that, into chopper. it? Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's I mean, awesome. We find out, or we figure out what we're yeah gonna talk about, and you know, usually like look ahead to the next game or whatever. But yeah. Could Bobby and I show up to the lounge? Sure. Okay. Would we be allowed in? Yeah. Rooms you, to go lounge. Yeah, your chair might like we only have two like special chairs, so like mm. you might like not have one of those. I'm fine with the bar stool. I just want okay. a selfie from the rooms to go lounge. It's all I want. Okay, we it's can make that happen. It's like legendary. Is it? I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so the first time that I saw you in the rooms to go lounge this year, I was like the Leo meme. I was like, oh my god, yeah, that's that's I her. <laughs> that's Austin. I was too. Like Austin's yeah. there. <laughs> then I was like, oh my god, I hope she comes back. <laughs> like, I hope she's able to leave I the was lounge. Stuck in the lounge. Yeah. No, it's Fine. yeah. I didn't know like. People knew about the lounge, but it's a fun oh, place. Know. Did you eat Thanksgiving there? <laughs> <laughs> Did you eat Thanksgiving <laughs> there? The whole holiday. Did you just eat it? <laughs> no, I, I got to go home to Oklahoma for Thanksgiving. Okay. Oh, that's okay. nice. Yeah. So, okay, the last time that we talked, so we missed last week, of course, to celebrate the holiday. And then the two episodes before that, you were gone. Yeah. The last time you were here, you were about to go to Bedlam. Yeah. And I believe, okay. Okay, State won the game, right? They did. Okay, so you're just like living large. The last Ooh. ever Bedlam. I mean, it's been a good few weeks for Oklahoma State fans. Um, I won't talk too much college football. Not but for all the past players, but 
A lot of fans. <laughs> yeah, the fans are riding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. So you know, we play in the Big Twelve Championship game tomorrow. Okay, is that at uh, AT&T Cowboys? Stadium? Are you going to be there? Of course. I was going to wear my OSU jersey today, but I have to save it for tomorrow. So mm, okay. of course, I'll be there. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Against Texas. So. Yeah. So last weekend, uh, my family is a Michigan family, so Michigan played Ohio State Ooh. and uh, that won that game. That was a little bit of a thriller. Yeah. So Michigan has a big game tomorrow. If they win, then they're in the top four. So everyone, you know, we got some. We're feeling good. We got some college so. football to watch. Who's and your Max? team, Isaac? I don't watch college football. I watch good football on Sundays. Wow. <laughs> so you're just all in on like Tim Boyle and <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good quarterbacks yeah. right Jake now. Browning, nobody like, knows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's awesome. That's what I watch. There's probably people yelling at us in the comments right now that we're not talking about. Talk basketball. Well, don't worry. We will. Uh, we will. Right now. That's what we got <laughs> chapters for too. So we'll put the timestamp in the description. Uh, so. There are good things to talk about, actually. Uh, at the end of last week, right before Thanksgiving, there might not have been as many uh, things to be grateful for because after beating the Lakers, well, while beating the Lakers, Derek Lively took a pretty scary fall, hurt his back, was out against the Clippers, and the Clippers kind of had their way with the Mavs for about 47 minutes of that 48-minute game. But the Mavs finally came home after a long time on the road here. This nice stretch of schedule at the beginning of December is very, very home heavy. And Dallas uh, was able to beat the Houston Rockets, a surprisingly good team so far this year. So uh, there's some good things to talk about. Now, after that game, Mavs head coach Jason Kidd reminded us all that there's a lot of good things to talk about, specifically a lot of good things to write about. So I don't know if Jay Kidd's a big podcast guy. Mm. Or not. Maybe maybe Jay Kidd is a big reader. I don't know if he listens to podcasts. I don't know if he subscribed to the Mavs YouTube channel, which you should do right now. Cl go ahead and click that subscribe button and the bell icon and all that stuff and comment below with what you think Jason Kidd does <laughs> <laughs> or listens to. Mm. I'm, wor I'm working on it. Yep. But Jay Kidd reminded us via Tim McMahon to write some positive stuff. So I'm going to follow Jay Kidd's advice. You're gonna write something. I'm no. I'm gonna. Oh. We're gonna talk about some stuff. I, I wrote things down in a Google Doc that I feel positive about, and I'm gonna say mm -hmm. them out loud. And so this segment is all about framing things positively. All right, we're we're Map State Media. It's time to get <laughs> to work. Okay. So we got we got three questions. Okay, I got three questions for y'all. First, what is something about the team that you're feeling great about right now? What it, what are you just what are you feeling good? You gotta share it. You gotta yell it from the mountaintop. You want me to go first? Yes. I'll share some positivity about Derek Jones Jr. Okay. I feel like he's a guy that honestly probably doesn't care if he, you know, gets talked about, gets the recognition. He's a true team guy, just has said he wants to win and we saw that when he didn't even start the last game, um, coming off the bench and still made an impact. But I've really liked the way he started the year. Probably a lot of people weren't talking about him at all before the season, um, but he's definitely been a positive impact for the Mavericks. Career highs in points, rebounds, and three-point field goals. So um, making a difference on the offensive end, he can you know finish at the rim. He's shooting it confidently, and then ultimately, defensively, he's defending you know opponents' best guards on the other end of the court. So doing a little bit of everything. So. A positive impact. Want to shout Derek Jones Jr. out um, for being a positive aspect to this Mavericks team to start the year. He deserves some love. So he scored 15 points off the bench yeah. against Houston. That's his most points off the bench in a game. How about this for uh, 
time being a flat circle. Since December 10th, 2022, when he scored 16 off the po- points off the bench for the Bulls against the Mavs. So how about that? Yeah. And as a matter of fact, two of his highest scoring games ever off the bench have come against the Mavs. So really good signing by Dallas. Full circle. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Kyrie. You know, if we're talking about positive stuff, you know, for me, I think one of the cooler things uh, about Kyrie is, you know, like I'm sure some people listening to this, maybe you had some family visit over the Thanksgiving uh, week and break. And uh, my my mom and stepdad uh, were visiting. And so we were watching uh, some maps together. My stepdad's kind of, I would say he's the definition of a like casual uh, NBA basketball Ouch. fan. Uh, well, in, in like a good way, like I, lo- I love him to death, but he's like, he knows some guys' names, different stuff. And so we're like watching the Mavs and he's just raving about how much fun Kyrie is. And he's like, man, he, he just, I love how, you know, he handles the ball. He you know, pulls off these shots and tricks and all this stuff that he's just fun for both the casual fan and also the diehard fan too, that he brings this element outside of Luca that is this entertaining style of basketball uh, for both styles of fans. I mean, you look at that second half the other night against Houston. I was there with a good friend of mine, and it feels like we, we had this conversation. We're like, man, I feel like Kyrie's been kind of quiet tonight. Right after that, Kyrie just starts going off and having his little moment there in, in the second half. So, I mean, so for like swinging to the other side, we know all the highlights about Kyrie so far the start of the season. But also just the um, just the comfort in having a guy who has that clutch gene in the fourth quarter that can that's shooting ninety percent you know from the free throw line the you know, the chemistry with teammates on the team and the connections around the league like we just haven't had a guy alongside Luca like that in Kyrie uh, honestly since Luca's been here and then you can even look at like some of the numbers and stuff with him and Luca on the floor together. That was all the talk at the end of last season. We had this small, small sample size of those two guys playing together, and everybody wanted to have all their conclusions about if they could work or not. And now you look at them right now, they're you know positive net rating. They played over 300 minutes together. They have 120 offensive rating when both the guys are on the floor together. We know the Mavs record. So it's like, but I don't really hear too much about that right now. It was popular to talk about it at the end of last season, but I don't really hear about it you know, much right now. So positive the whole Kyrie Irving experience to begin this season has been a lot of fun. 42% from three in November after a couple poor shooting games to start the year. 45% from three in his last nine games. Hot Chimalaya! Uh, so the thing that J-Kid was talking about, uh, referring to, I guess, or asked about, is the thing that I'm feeling great about right now, which is the Mavs' clutch performance this season. So Dallas, 8-1 and one in clutch games. Clutch is any game where the score is within five points inside the final five minutes. They're number one in the NBA in clutch offensive rating. And how about this? Number four in the NBA in clutch defensive rating, which is uh, – that is four? pretty nice. Did you say four? Number four out of 30. Wow. Yeah, number four out of 30. Now, we'll get to the non-clutch defense here in a minute. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, eight and one is very good and very important. So, clutch games, you know, obviously sometimes there's going to be – you're up five with 30 seconds left, and so it's not really a clutch game. Sometimes you hit a three to get down five with 10 seconds left, so it's not really a clutch game. But a lot of clutch games are essentially coin flips. It comes down to can you make this one shot? Can you get this one stop? Can you make this one free throw? And too often last year and over the years, the Mavs have not been able to do that, but this year has not been the case so far. So just to give you an idea of how impressive 8-1 and one is, here's the Mavs' record in clutch games the last six years. So last year, 26-29. and 29. 
It's not very good, and that's two-thirds of their games. So they had a losing record in two-thirds of their games. Year before that, 22-16, and 16, which is really good. That was a top-10 win percentage in the league. Year before that, 18-15, and 15, which is fine. Year before that, how is 17-24? and 24. Yikes. Year before that, 20-26. and 26. Yikes. Year before that, which is 2017-18, that was the, the year after which they got Luka, 12-38. And, and there was uh, – some uh, shenanigans going on in some of those games. So job well done. No. Mission accomplished, I guess. But, um, yeah, if you win 88% of your clutch games, then you are probably going to have home court in the playoffs. Um, if you win anywhere above 50%, you're going to have like a probably winning record. Um, but the, the rate that they're scoring and the rate that they're getting stops in the clutch this year has been really, really good and obviously a huge driving factor uh, behind their success. Okay. We're scaling down the degrees of positivity here. So what's something that might not be great? Maybe it's good. Maybe it's mid. Maybe it's below average. But your optimistic will improve. Austin. Grant Williams offensively. I feel like he started the season strong. A couple big um, numbers. He put up 25 points, 17, 18. So we've had some nights where we've seen him score. The past 10 or so games, he's averaging six points a game, so it's gone down. So he's just in a little bit of a slump right now. I feel like he will get back trending up and scoring more than he is the past 10 games. He's a guy that we brought in for defense, so that's the first thing that we want to see from him, and he's doing that, but they would love to add more offense in, and it is harder to do when, you know, the last game, Luca and Kyrie are scoring 70 points. So we don't need Grant to score as much in those situations, but to be a really good team, you would like to see him um, score more than six points a game. So I think it will, you know, start trending back in the right direction, but um, just a little bit more consistency is what we're hoping to see offensively from him. One of three maps to miss a dunk against the Rockets. That was a rare sight. Rare sight. It was a tough moment there. And <laughs> I was I was looking at the Rockets bench and a decent amount of laughter. Oh no. Well, <laughs> so, who got the last laugh? That's huh? true. Boban laughed. And I'm like, I can't even like blame Boban. Yeah. I mean, Boban's always laughing, so yeah. he would have laughed if he would have made the dunk. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the Mavs players laughed too. I yeah. couldn't see the I couldn't see Grant that. probably laughed about it to be honest. I'm sure that was on uh, some film yep. at some point. But um, I'll talk about Derek Lively's uh, defense in general. I think it's easy to look at the uh, the block shots for him, uh, but him as like a help defender uh, is is great to him to come over, block some shots. But when you start looking at some of the defensive numbers uh, individually, <clears throat> and this honestly kind of goes back to college. You know, when I was looking at his like we're making like a draft profile coming into the draft and looking at some of his Duke numbers. Uh, you know, he got scored in, in the post when he was the primary post defender. It was 0.9 points per possession. Wasn't very you know good against some of these bigger guys down low. And you think, all right, he's a seven-footer. And you start looking at some of the league, and even in the Houston game, you know, Shane Good's good. Uh, but he, you know, Shane Good got him a decent amount of times. when He might make an all-star team this year, though, man. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's really good. He is looking good. Uh, but you start just looking at even some of his other you know, defensive numbers individually, uh, even outside the post, um, you look at some of his fouls. You know, he's at almost three and a half fouls per game. He's tied for 10th most in the league, um, you know, on a per-game basis. Right now, he's young. He's raw individually, defensively. I think we're kind of, you kind of, like, look over that, that he can get better at that. And I think he will get better at that. As maybe not fully this year, but as time goes on 
and especially look at some of the the people they have there in the organization that had experience with developing Rudy Gobert. You look at Jensen as assistant coach. You look at Dennis Lindsay's in the front office that came from Utah. So, like th those guys had experience of kind of molding Rudy Gobert into the monster defensively that he was. So you know they're trying to look at Derek Lively in a similar vein of that. So. Yeah, it's not the best right now, but I'm pretty confident that it'll get better. I think another 10, 15 pounds of muscle will go a long way. Yeah. A big – okay, so he is getting, in my opinion, uh, an unfriendly whistle. I'll say he's a rookie. A lot of rookies do, yeah. Yeah. Some of his fouls, though, that are being called, he jumps vertically, and then the, you know, the, the offensive player will jump into him, and he kind of reflexively like, go like this. And if your arms come down, it will be a foul, like almost no matter what. The referees are just programmed to do that. So I think with just a little more strength – He'll be able to absorb that contact and stay straight up. Uh, and then the other thing, I'm really looking forward to seeing him switch on guys a little more um, once they kind of uh, hopefully uh, complicate or, I guess, complexify, add more mm. complex wrinkles into their defense. I don't know complexify. what the word means. Uh, <laughs> complicate their Fancy. defense. I don't know what the word I, – I don't know what the word is. I've just, I'm like coked out right now. So <laughs> I, just, I cannot think. Um Okay, my thing that I'm optimistic will improve. Hey, the last time that we talked, we were like, wow, they're playing so fast. It's awesome. Uh, well, the last four games, the Mavs are 28th in the league in pace. Uh, 95.63 possessions per game or per 48 minutes, which is uh, not very fast. It's not very fast. No, it doesn't mean it's bad. In the last four games, I think the Mavs are 3-1 and one or 2-2, two and two, so like it's fine. Uh, but just keep, keep the pedal to the metal. You know, one way, of course, to get out and play faster is to force turnovers. They didn't do that a lot against the Clippers, certainly in that game, and then uh, to a degree against some of the other teams. So some of it is just like game flow, but hey, maybe that means take more chances, get more turnovers. Some of it is um, they didn't do a great job defensive rebounding against the Clippers, and I believe the Rockets also had 21 second chance points in that game. So another way to introduce more pace in the offense is to get rebounds. So some of these are connected to other issues that we'll continue to discuss, but uh, when the opportunity presents itself, let's take some early shots. Let's get down the floor. Let's uh, leak out and hit a home run in transition. Um, you know, they were making great strides in that area in the first uh, 10, 15 games of the year, and I would like to see them continue to do that and not trend back down because up-tempo basketball is really, really fun to watch. Uh, so I'm optimistic about that. Now, just because they play slow doesn't mean that they're going to be worse. It just means that they're, you know, maybe not getting 35 dunks in transition uh, per game. <laughs> Okay, what is something, we're trying to be positive here, okay, be positive. Be positive. Positive stuff. Positive stuff. What is something that only the power of positive <laughs> thinking can fix? Austin. I'm going to say defense because I, I feel like defense is 75%, 80%, like a mindset to begin with. Like, yes, you need to be athletic. You need to be able to move your feet. But a lot of it is just the effort and the attitude and the approach that you have to defense. So some positive thinking, you know, just concentrating on that, saying, you know, some positive thoughts in your head. I feel like that will go a long way and can make a difference, especially when we're pretty down, I think, at like the very bottom defensively. So um, Tied for 27th. Yeah. So mm. – <clears throat> getting up just to the middle of the pack will be better. That's a positive moving in the right direction. Um, we've added, you know, some different pieces into the team this year. So they're trying to help. But overall, I think it's it's mainly a mindset, wanting to go after rebounds, wanting to dive on the floor, wanting to hustle. And so just 
positively thinking about that, um, changing your approach. I think that's what's going to change the Mavs defense. To your point about mindset, 27th in the NBA in defensive rating, but they're fourth in the clutch. Right. So when it's time to hunker down and get a stop, they have been able to. So they, yeah, they're showing that they can. It's just thinking about it and wanting to do it the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote down something that I'm not going to talk about. Um, <laughs> oh, cat. 86 the graphic wait I, oh. put th- I put that as a joke on there because i didn't think i was gonna be allowed to talk about that oh. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean we, cat's out of the bag <laughs> um yeah i mean well i put the mavs like special courts on there i was proud of that little subhead that I- <laughs> <laughs> will we yeah will we ever see them <laughs> i was really looking forward to seeing that court uh it was up for what apparently like- the city court will be out tonight Oh, is, is out tonight. Yeah, let's go. We also talked about this, talked about the court a few Fridays ago, and then we did, and we did not see that one. <laughs> and we did not, and see we that. won't ever. Uh, but let me actually let, let me talk about um, something that only with positive thinking. Size doesn't matter. Okay. Like, <laughs> uh, just because when you look at it, there's, it feels like sometimes that we're still kind of small. Like we're still. Like Grant Williams brought in to guard the kind of bigger wing defenders. He can switch off on some of these other bigs out there, but he's still just 6'6". Like their small ball lineup that they threw out for a a span there in the second half against Houston the other night, Luka was the biggest guy on the floor. And now Luka's big, but it's like when some people throw out small ball lineups, you're looking at guys that across the board are 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", 6'7". To where when Maver- when the Mavericks throw out their small ball, it's you know Grant Williams at six six, Kyrie at six two. I think this is why you, you get a lot of Dante Exum's been playing well as of late, but he he's bigger than Seth Curry, he's bigger than a Jaden Hardy. They need some more size out there, and especially if Lively's hurt. That's why I mean when Lively went down, you know, in that game, it's like no no please don't please. Don't. Even Rashawn Holmes is what six nine yeah six ten you know because after that we know it's you know Rashawn Holmes you know Dwight Powell so and you start looking at some of these bigs I don't I don't know if I'm like there to say the league is like fully shifted back to going like big but like you look at you know like Denver last year you look at their front line of Jokic Aaron Gordon Michael Porter Jr you could just you know you look at Boston with Tatum and Porzingis Al Horford they can run you know some of those lines teams are have this ability now to go bigger and so even Derek Jones is starting, but he's, you know, six, five, six, six. So I think it's something that they got to figure out at some point, but you got to, I mean, they can't grow. So, I mean, <laughs> I think they're done growing. I could be wrong, uh, but it'd be nice if there was a growth spurt that happened. That would be awesome. Yeah, it but, would be cool. I mean, David Robinson grew like a foot in college. Like what if Derek Lively just <laughs> becomes like eight foot two? <laughs> that would be pretty. We would love that. that. would be, be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But like you have to, there's, that's not changing. Uh, with this current roster so like you have to look at it and be like all right only with the power of positive thinking size doesn't matter with an nba roster yep specifically uh so my point is related to both of yours defense attitude effort and then also size is uh positional size but specifically manifesting itself in the rebounding battle now uh the rebounding battle <laughs> game to game Isaac, you're famous for this. Yeah. Re- the rebounding battle does not particularly matter um, game to game. Even over the course of a season, it doesn't truly matter. Um, the one area of rebounding that does matter all the time 
is defensive rebounding. So you can have zero offensive rebounds in a game and get out-rebounded by 25 and still win. Um, oftentimes, when you get out-rebounded, it's because you're missing more shots than the other team. So like the, the individual rebounding battle does not matter all that much. But what you cannot do is um, be like a bottom five defensive rebounding team. Um, so last season, each of the top seven teams in defensive rebounding rate, which is let's say you miss 100, the other team misses 100 shots, how many of those uh, defensive rebounds do you secure? Each of the top seven teams in defensive rebounding rate at least made the play-in. Um, five of the bottom eight teams in defensive rebounding rate missed the play-in altogether. So they were bottom 10 teams in the NBA. Uh, now the Mavs this year, currently 24th in defensive rebounding rate. See, they're 29th in the NBA in overall re, uh, uh, rebounding rate because they're 25th in offensive rebounding, which I don't think matters all that much. Now, I would like to see them get more offensive rebounds because they have such a good offense. You might as well lean into the strength um, at the cost of potentially giving up more transition points. They already give up plenty of transition points, so I'm not worried about giving up more. But what you can't do is be a bottom five to bottom 10 defensive rebounding team. Um, even in like 2019-20, 2020-21, Whenever the Mavs were annually uh, near the bottom in rebounding rate, it was because they just disregarded offensive rebounding altogether. Kat and I actually talked about this in the last episode of this show. Um, you know how teams are only just now leaning back into getting offensive rebounds, but the Mavs in those seasons were still a top ten defensive rebounding team, um, despite not being a very big team, kind of like Isaac, what you were talking about. Um, so you've got to you've got to get rebounds. You've got to get rebounds. The Mavs defense, as currently constructed. Um, is not super big and they don't force a lot of turnovers and so the only way that you're going to get stops is by getting the boards you don't want to give the other team more shots because it's it's hard to force one miss it's even harder to force two so that is the thing that you know unless they make a trade or whatever and bring in some some big gigantic person to play power forward uh, it's probably not going to fix itself it's all up here. You just got to think. And, and this is why when you look at, like, the development of Omax over this year and into next year, if, if they don't drastically reshape the roster uh, or – I wouldn't say, shouldn't say drastically. If they don't, you know, reshape the roster, that Omax's development is going to mean something for this team because they just don't have a ton of 6'8", six, 6'7", six, guys on the team. And if he can develop into a guy that they're going to play a lot, then immediately you have a, another guy out there with that size. One thing I'll say, um, shout out to Josh Green, who one, two, three, four, five, in six of his last seven games has at least three defensive rebounds. Hmm. And he's, what, six, five? And usually playing two or three. So, you know, I remember uh, Devin actually used to talk about this, uh, Devin Harris back in the day. Uh, he would say that Rick wanted, the, he gave some number, I forget, but like the Rick Carlisle, who was the coach of the team at the time, Wanted the guards, so in that era, it was, let's say, like, Dennis Smith Jr., Yogi Ferrell, Devin Harris, and J.J. Barea off the bench. If those four guards could combine for, like, whatever it was, 10 to 15 rebounds or something, then Rick felt pretty good about their chances of winning the game. Like, the mm -hmm. threshold is very low because you know that your center, like Derek Lively, is going to get probably six or seven defensive rebounds. Luca will sleepwalk his way to getting nine defensive rebounds any given night. Uh, you know that Kyrie's going to get a few, like Grant Williams is going to get three or four. If your smallest players can just do enough, right, then you're going to that, – that will, you know, help you kind of overcome the, the, the difference there. But that means that everybody's got to try. 
on every possession. That's a mindset. Like it's an it's an approach. It's an attitude. It's got to be ingrained um, in in your play style. So hopefully they can do that. But is that that's that's a pretty good amount of positivity, right? Sort of yeah. optimism. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And also, you know, Kid not be being proud. a doomer, but like also, you know, we're trying to acknowledge there's some there's some, you know, imperfections. One hundred percent. Yeah. Just like some constructive criticism, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right, uh, let's let's give some constructive criticism to the in-season tournament, shall we? Oh, moving forward. So, uh, group play just wrapped up in the IST earlier this week. The Mavs capped off their four-game experience by beating the Rockets. That was pretty cool to see. Dallas goes two and two, though, does not advance to the quarterfinals. Now, if you're still unsure of how this thing works, we did release another video. Cat uh, put on a superhero cape and made a uh, very very good and detailed breakdown video <laughs> in about two hours. Uh, and threw that thing up on the internet on Wednesday. Um, so that is on our YouTube channel if you want to see how the next round will work. But overall, so far, I don't mind it. I kind of think it's cool. But I want to I hear from you. Isaac, let's start with you. What's one thing that you like about the tournament so far? Mm-hmm. And one thing that either you don't like or that <coughs> you would like to change uh, for next year? Assuming we do it again. Yeah, I mean, going into it, I was kind of, like, my whole thing was just, like, sure. Like, you know, I wasn't out on it like the play-in. I wasn't, you know, ready to buy all my Vegas tickets either. I was saying it was the best thing for the NBA or, you know, the best thing in the world. But I was just like, sure. I mean, it's like something new, something different to talk about in November, December. Uh, I think I think the elimination games, people will talk about those. They should be, you know, they should be fun. Um I am kind of curious because I think the one element that they are missing on it some is is fans because it <laughs> <laughs> sorry this is really funny. the one thing that's missing yeah is because <laughs> it feels like you know the the players have the incentive to win money it feels like every national writer in the world loves it and to a point to where I'm like are like are are they getting like are they getting something for this because they all love it but like I don't know about you guys but a lot of like casual fans in my life not <laughs> my stepdad I mean he didn't have any clue about it but it was like different friends the same age as me they're just like they either they either don't know really what it is or they're like I mean cool like that's the thing with the crazy courts so it feels like it's like a writer media thing who love it but I don't know if the fans are like fully like behind it yet so I don't know I feel like that's the angle to like look at it in a, in a sense of is there an, an incentive to really bring the fans behind it more um, or I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Y'all might have, you know, some fans in your life that, that are not diehards that are like loving the in-season tournament or fully understand it. But um, so, yeah, like what I like about it is it's just something different to talk about. We're going to watch the games either way. So it's like, okay, cool. A different stake out there for the game uh what i would change i mean this isn't like a they wouldn't like have to do this but i, I think it would be cool to have the groups stay the same every year and then and we actually give a reason for divisions and because mm, i don't really okay. see the reason why we have divisions anymore uh, but like that could like cut down on travel but also just add a little bit more to the whole division stuff and to where it's like every year we know that the in-season tournament, our group play is going to be, you know, with the teams kind of 
in our area. So like a California or like a that's pretty. You know, I, I, I like that. I, I don't know. Cool. It just adds a little bit more to like Dallas and Houston, and you know. So I don't know. That's the only thing. Austin said this, at, you know, early on, but pushing it back just a little bit, I think, would probably be. I mean, it felt like we just got the season rolling and yeah. we have a group play game, but yeah, but yeah, sure. I mean, it's going okay. It's going good. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting that you said about the fans, though, because I feel like the people that I've talked to about it are, you know, media members or people that, like, really follow the Mavericks, but I haven't talked about it with people that are just the casual NBA fans. So yeah. that that is a good point that I don't know if that gives them any more interest to watch a game versus a, a different night. Um, but I was kind of indifferent about it to come into this year. I think when it started off the first couple in-season games, yeah, we were like, it's still so early in the season. There was some excitement that we were still just learning this team. It, we didn't care. We didn't need something else to talk about. Now that we're in December, it, it is getting more exciting to talk about because I feel like we're, we're in that stretch now where we're wanting you know to, to see how these teams are developing and playing for something. Um, so yeah, maybe still push it back just a little bit. Um, I did like how they had designated two days, like a week mm -hmm. that were going to be the days that they played games. Like you knew at any game you turned on that night, you could watch an in-season tournament game. So I, I did like that aspect of it. The thing I probably didn't like was I like fun courts, but I just, <laughs> I just you couldn't don't like your eyeballs bleeding. I just, I just couldn't tell <laughs> whose court was who, like if you took the logo <laughs> off, like the colors just kind of threw me off. Like where was the correlation to like some, fun colors the blues weren't matching the shades of blue for teams or you know just whatever so I, I like having a specific court for every team that's an in-season tournament when we're playing those games but maybe more related to yeah. your team I don't know I think maybe just like a normal colored court but then the stripe down the middle being right a different once color. yeah the, that yeah. could be kind of cool yeah uh there's a uh, there's actually a metric that we can use to measure how many people even know what the end season tournament is, and that is by looking at the Mavs YouTube channel. The first IST explainer video we made outside of Luca scoring 60 against the Knicks is like the highest viewed video we've ever produced for this company, <laughs> which just means that like that's cool for us, I guess. But also it just means that yeah, the messaging wasn't all that great. Not a lot of people know what it is, so yeah. they're like looking. There's a curiosity there, like how does this thing work? But if like they have to come to the Mavs YouTube channel to find the answer, that you know we, <laughs> you know we as a league have to kind of do better for next year. And I think the more you do something, the more people will get used to it. Uh, the NBA has been a certain way for seventy-five years or whatever it is. The last big change to the schedule was probably the merger, and that was in the seventies. So, uh, you know, I think people are kind of maybe like reluctant to or averse to change, and so they'll they'll kind of settle in and get used to it as time goes on. But yeah, I mean, to y'all's point about people being aware. I was on vacation with my family during Thanksgiving. Now, the family of somebody who works in basketball, people that have been coming to Mavs games for 30 years, none of them knew how the in-season tournament worked. And, like, they're one degree removed from, you know, Luka Doncic. So I can only imagine uh, how many people are kind of confused about it. So hopefully as time goes on, uh, everyone will, will learn a little bit more. Um, the thing I liked about it, man, more stakes is great. Just more stakes on games uh, that they're going to play anyway. Let's artificially boost the the seriousness of it. Um, playing for point differential, I think, is cool. Uh, I just think it's cool. I Hack I think drumming. it's I think it's funny to see players complain about it. I think it's funny to see. I think it's cool to see players say that they like it. I just think yeah. it's cool. Um, what I would change, 
I really like your idea about moving it back. Yeah. Later in the season, whether that's maybe if it started right now. Right. How about that? Right. Um, I also think that making the group play last longer is good because just four games doesn't feel long enough. Now, maybe eight games is too long. Uh, maybe you shrink the group somehow. Uh, you can't do that with 30 teams, but I, before long, it'll be 32. So maybe it's a eight four-team groups, and then you play each team twice. So that's six games. It just feels kind of like, okay, now I finally know how it works, and it's over. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of end like what if you if you lose your first game, then you're kind of done. Like it's just it's just not as it's not as interesting, you know. Um, so I think playing more games might make it a little better, um, and starting it later in the season might make it a little better. Or just starting it in the season, playing the same number of games would make it better. I don't I don't know. That one last night of the group play for the NBA was the NBA. I mean, they have to go all out and trying to promote this thing. Right? Oh yeah. Uh, but the I mean, scenario doc. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it was a CVS receipt of <laughs> all the scenarios. I feel like I was the Zach Galifianakis meme of like, just like putting all the things like, all right, well this person, and it, cause it's not to your point about point differential. It wasn't just like this team win, this team lose. It was like this team win by 17 points. And then they were tweeting out a million times of like Celtics are up by 16 at this point in the game. And it was like, oh my gosh, did you fill out your bracket? Uh, well, we did. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. The NBA uh, tweeted out like a little bracket challenge. Oh, thing. did they really? Yeah. Well, that's oh, how we you get the done fans that. involved. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm like laughing about it because I'm like, hey, they, I mean, they got it. I'm, like, I get it. I get why they're doing it. But I was like, this isn't March Madness, but December Madness, maybe. And so fill out, everyone fill out your, uh, you know, in season tournament. Oh, it's literally just an 18 bracket? Yeah. I thought and it you was like, like <laughs> select your team, like, oh, okay. over this. And then you like keep on going. And then, All right, well, I'll fill one out. Might yeah. as well. Jeez, yeah. you, you, oh, all y'all fill one out too, I guess. Um, okay, so we're going to revisit our own group predictions here soon to see how our brackets are doing. But first, um, like we said, the Mavs are not advancing to the quarterfinals. Uh, so the 22 teams that do not advance beyond group play to the uh, eight-team knockout will have two games added to their schedule. Um, and now those games were added via a process that is very transparent uh, – Every single season, you're only scheduled to play some teams in your conference three times. So the Mavs uh, play every team in their division four times, and then they play about half of the other teams four times. They play the other half three times. So these additional games added to your schedule uh, were given to you based on the teams that you're only scheduled to play three times. So in the Mavs' case, they were only scheduled to play the Jazz and the Blazers twice each, which means... The two games added to their schedule are against the Jazz and the Blazers, uh, two teams that are currently near the bottom of the West. You look at in-division rival Houston, for example, who has a similar record to the Mavs. Their additional games are against the Thunder and at the Nuggets, which is pretty tough. So there you go. Um, so that's how they did it. So it seems like the Mavs got like a good draw or whatever, but they were only scheduled to play those teams three times each anyway. So um, nicely done there. Also, the Mavs play tonight, which is December 1st, and tomorrow, which is December 2nd, and then they're off until December 6th. feel like they've had a lot of days off yeah. uh, in the last few weeks, which is kind of cool and also makes me – you sort of like forget that basketball is happening <laughs> whenever you have like three <laughs> days off. I can only imagine how the players feel. They probably like it with all the traveling that they had to start the season. Maybe yeah, maybe they needed a break. Needed yeah, some just rest. kick their feet up yeah. and – um, the new Pokemon Go season just started, so it's time to Ooh, yeah. you know complete some Grant, tasks and stuff. Grant's got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, he's dude. He's probably fired up just like me. Um, okay, 
It's the moment of truth, Austin. You need to let us know. Do we know ball or do we not know ball? A little bit. I mean, <laughs> we know a little ball. <laughs> yeah. Slight, so slightly. Li- back yeah. at the, it was our first episode of the season, I think. We did IST group predictions, or maybe the second one. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We went through each group and we all predicted who we think will win the group, and then we picked one wild card team Ooh. from each conference. I struggled in the West, I think. Well, there's only one way to find out. Okay. Well, are we going to go through like group by group? Yep. Okay. So group A in the West, the Lakers won. You guys both picked the Suns. But they advanced. Yeah. Okay. So Do we get a point? You can get like half a point. Okay. 0.5 points. Okay. Half a point. Okay. And then I get a full point because I did pick. Whoa. <laughs> Boo. Yep. So. Okay. Well, did did either Isaac or I pick them as the wild card? Um. No. no you I, pick. Ah. You pick the Lakers as your wild card. So do I get half a point then? For you that? get half a point for that. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. Ha. Okay. Um, <laughs> West Group B, okay. Pelicans won. Mm. No one got. Yeah. There's no shot. Right? Nope. <laughs> yeah. um, we picked the Nuggets and you picked the Mavs. So. Yeah. Because I'm a company man. <laughs> That's right. And where'd that get you? Whoa. Uh. <laughs> Okay, I know this is the one that you you knew you won. Group C, Kings. That's right. You got it. Kings, baby. Cats, Kings. I went with the Warriors. You went with the Thunder. So yeah, uh, yeah. Bobby got us on that one. All right, per- so I, I got two points heading into the East. Oof. I'm loving it. Okay. I have a half a point. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll catch up. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Spoiler. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Go back to the rooms and go lounge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we went over the wild card. Um, East Group A, Pacers won. Um, none of us got that right. Uh, uh, we we said 76ers, you said Hawks. So The Hawks finished in fourth, I think, right? The Sixers only went two and Thanks, two. Thanks, Bobby. No, uh, <laughs> that was a surprising group. I mean, that was a surprising group. Yeah, I, I picked the Hawks for the wild card, so I... I didn't get a point there either. Um, the Hawks and the Pacers played that game. Was that the 157-152 game? I think so. Yeah. Rick was like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, just, cannot <laughs> compute. Um, East Group B, Bucks. I had that. Ooh, okay. I had Milwaukee. All right. You guys both had the heat. Okay. That was. <laughs> I, I overthought that one, I think. Um, <laughs> positive note. Group C, we all got right. Woohoo! Yeah. Celtics. Woohoo! We all nailed that one. Isaac is on the board. There you go. I have 1.5. There you go. And then the wild card next. No one had that. You had the Bucks. I had the Hawks. You had the Magic. Oh, so I get a half point. For, for having the Bucks? For yeah. Having the Bucks. There yeah, you, you do. Oh, so and then two I, points. I picked the Magic. Uh, yes. Oh, they came so close to advancing, too. That was point differential. The Magic are fun this year. Yeah. Oh, I guess, it, yeah, they were actually. Closer to winning their group than they were to the wild card because the Knicks were like plus 40-something. Uh, the Magic finished, what, a few points behind the Celtics because the Celtics ran up the score in their game yeah. the day after complaining about how everyone else was doing it. Hacka Drummond. Yeah. Uh, NBA players learn the rules to, uh, <laughs> to a challenge challenge. Okay, so the final uh, tally after our predictions, Austin scores three points. Bobby scores three points. 
Isaac scores two points. That's not bad. That's, That's not, not bad. bad. Don't be trying to like <laughs> make it not bad now. That is not bad. It's not. All right, let's. Are we? We're, we're gonna do the new. Um, yeah, we're. Yeah, we're filling out yeah. our bracket right yeah. now. Right now. Gonna, right now. We're gonna print it off. And we put just it on the door. need to okay. find the bracket first. Um, I mean, I well, have the, that, the four games that are that being big. played. Okay. Suns at Lakers. Okay, Suns at Lakers. All right, down the line. Suns. Suns. Are, are you keeping track? Yeah, now? I'm keeping track. Yeah, yeah. Um. I'll go. Don't do it. All. So it's Suns at Lakers, right? So it's I'll go Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. When do they play the game? It's like next week. What Think, does that matter? Um, well, because LeBron said if, <laughs> if Bronny's debut is the night of a Lakers game, he's skipping the Lakers game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I don't know what, I don't know what day it is. I can okay. No, no, no. That's fine. It's on, it's on so That means the Lakers Tuesday. will be better defensively. Oh, wow. All right. I'm going to go with the Lakers. Uh, I'm going to go with the Suns. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Suns. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. I'm going with the Suns. Lock it in. Lock, it's locked in. Okay. There's no backspace on this laptop. Okay. Um, Pels at Kings. Adele. I'll go first on this one. Give me the Kings. I'll go Pelicans. Oh. Okay. Give me Cats Kings. Yeah. Dude, all aboard the Choo Choo Train. Come on. Yeah. There's the Kings are gonna win the championship. <laughs> this this championship. The cup. The cup. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Um, Knicks at Bucks. <laughs> you go first. Bucks. Bucks? Give me the deer. You fear the deer? Fear the deer. I will also take the that's boring. I'll take the Bucks though. I'm 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 yeah. not brave enough. Bronson's been playing good basketball though. Yeah, he scored forty the other night, right? Yeah. Against the Pistons. That was tough. Well. Tough situation. Um, last one is Celtics at Pacers. That's a fun game. I you know what? They're at Pacers? Yeah. I that's what I have written down. Yep. I, Pacer went undefeated. I'm doing it. I Give me the know. Pacers. Do it. Give me the Pacers. Do it. I'm doing it. I'm yeah. going. I'll go Celtics. I think I had the predictions like we made overall predictions that I'm trying to see if I can find oh, those yeah, we to did see the if like tournament winners, right? If any of those teams oh, are no. even in it. Oh, I, should I even Oh, cuz I think I picked the Celtics to win, so should I you, um, Can I go against my own pick? That feels Okay, yeah. I just found it. Yeah. That's hedging my bet. Isaac, you don't have to you, say mine. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> I had the thund thunder and hawks. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you had the yeah you had the hawks and thunder in the finals with the thunder winning. I had the Celtics and the Nuggets with the Celtics winning, and you had the Lakers and Celtics. Oh, so, I'm alive. I'm alive. Uh, yep. Give me the Celtics over the Knicks or uh, Celtics over the Pacers. Yeah. Okay, so then we got Suns. Uh, Suns and Pelicans in the semifinals. Well, I picked the Lakers. Well, yeah, but we're picking. The, we're this is our bracket now. We're doing <laughs> so the bracket like challenge. A, you can't pick the Lake. Oh, wait a minute. I thought you took the Suns uh, to win that game. Or did, no, no, Isaac, you took the Suns, <laughs> right? Yes. And then Austin, you took the Lakers. Yeah, but maybe I want to change my How answer can you now. Play chess, but not. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Lakers and Pelicans. Lakers. All right. And then Bucks and Celtics. Um, I'll go Celtics. And then Lakers, Celtics. Celtics. I can't go back. All right. Suns and Kangs. Kings. Ooh. Bucks and Celtics. Bucks. Kings and Bucks. Ooh. This is the NBA's dream finals matchup. Give me Cats, Kings. Oh, let's go. Come on. 
Suns and Kings, Kings, baby. Bucks and Pacers, you know what? Pacers. <laughs> Kings versus Pacers. Oh, that would actually be a really fun game I'd to actually, watch. Yeah, tune in for that. Give me the Kings. I do think these teams, like... I'm tanking. Now that they're all in the top eight, like, they... I don't know if really, you know, the bracket group play, if it made that much of a difference with how they play, but I think now, like, they definitely are acknowledging, like, there's something on the line, there's money to play oh, for, yeah. so I think, like, now they're taking it a, a notch up with the focus that they're they're actually trying to win this and get to Vegas. Kings so. are putting, are they, are they, would they put a banner? No way, no, no. Okay. I mean, maybe, though, honestly. Just, like, I mean, maybe a little, like, maybe poster. A little... <laughs> <laughs> poster. <laughs> Poster. A court silhouette. I mean, in, yeah. in the quarterfinals games, you're playing on your home court. Like, you don't want to lose in your home court ever, yeah. you know, especially in a situation where you, if you win, you get money. Uh, and then in Vegas, that'll be really interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this. And it's not because I'm being paid to, Isaac, uh, be excited about it. It's not some, like, NBA well, media conspiracy. It, so. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just excited to watch. And I'm, I am rooting for all of the underdogs in yeah. every single round. I don't yeah. want... I picked the Celtics and the Lakers. I mean, whatever. Uh, I don't want them to win. I want. Th- give me the Kings, man. Give me Kings, the Pacers. Pacers. Would be awesome. Yeah, man. give me the underdogs. It would just be fun. It would be fun, even though it would not lend legitimacy to the tournament in the eyes of you know kind of the more casual fans who really you do need to win over if you want this tournament to be a thing. But hey, uh, it would also be a really good way to let the general public know that there are teams outside of L.A. and Boston and New York, and also that these teams are very good. The Kings are really, really good. The Pacers have the best offense of all time so far this season. Mm. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is a stud. Like, I want more people to know about these teams, and maybe this tournament is a good vehicle to accomplish that. So, uh, the next chapter in the trade, also. Hall- oh yeah, Halliburton and Sabonis. Who won the trade? We'll find out in Vegas. In Vegas, in the IST Finals for the NBA Cup. Um, IST. Oh well, that was fun. We'll, uh, I guess we'll we'll know this time next week which one of us knows ball and which one of us doesn't. Uh, so far, Isaac, you got some work to do. I do. Yeah, we're we're holding it down well though. Yeah, we'll see. Y'all we know. could come back. We're, you said you're going for the underdog, so like I That's feel like right. you are the underdog in this situation. <laughs> I'm pulling for you, Isaac. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe maybe someday I can make the transition from Hooper to sports reporter. Oh my gosh! Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe with the power of positive thinking, you can <laughs> yes, you can achieve yes. anything. Only by positive thinking. Oh well, thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate it. It was fun. It was fun. Okay, I'm God, I'm glad I was fun. <laughs> yeah, right. I missed you guys, so I'm glad we're we're back in the a groove after a few weeks off for me. So yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be back, and hopefully the basketball will continue being good. Um, Cat and Chopper in the back. Thank you all, and thank you again to E for holding it down while Chopper was gone, and thanks to Cat for holding it down while they were gone. And yeah. thanks to you all for watching on Mav's YouTube channel or listening on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate your support, your feedback, all that stuff. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying the in-season tournament. Hopefully you're enjoying the regular season so far. And win, lose, or draw, you can count on us to be back with you next Friday on the Corner 3. Until then, be a good person, and we'll see you later.